Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Rock City Church Podcast with Senior Pastor Bishop Bart Pierce in Baltimore, Maryland. We pray this message strengthens and encourages you to be all that God has called you to be. So let's dive into God's Word. I'm going to say 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. And um, he can tell you any part he wants to tell you. I just know that he came out of uh, Fortune 500 company and, uh, and today is um, teaching people uh, how to focus, how to succeed, how to succeed personal, and how to succeed in life. And uh, he's wrote books, materials, everything. And uh, I don't, do you have books here? Okay. Uh, I don't know if they are. Uh, Rob, would you do me a favor? And s- s- I don't know where would they be. Uh, who'd you give them to? Oh, you gave them to the students. Oh, okay. Well, he's got a books. He's got a, he's got a new book. Heroes. Oh, they're on Amazon. So after tonight, you can look at that and get a, get one of his books. But uh, Ed's a dedicated, committed believer that is very successful, has been very, and, and wants to be uh, successful in the kingdom, but wants the next generation, the next generation to be successful. Why don't you stand on your feet? Let's give our friend Ed Taros. Dr. Ed Taros, a hand. Oh, can you do better than that? Give God a shout of praise this evening. Come on. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. All right. The Bible says, if we shall decree a thing, it shall be established, and the light of God's favor will shine upon our ways. Just decree this. Today, I'm going to stay focused. I will advance the kingdom. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm a prophet. I'm a son of God. And I know my focus determines my future. So tonight I receive the Holy Ghost moving me into the place that we will advance your kingdom and bring you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Coralie. It's always an honor just to be in this pulpit. And thank you. Welcome uh, everybody here from Rock City Church. Uh, Tyler is my my son-in-law's brother, so it's always good to have the family here. Kristen, thank you for all. Let's give Kristen a hand for her help at the college. And all our college students here, come on, they're doing a great job. I'll tell you what, just a pleasure being with everybody today. You know, I'm an exhorter, okay? You know what an exhorter is? It's in the Bible. Yeah. you got to look it up, Romans 12, 8, right? I have a gift of exhortation, and uh, I'm here to encourage you, but the word exhorter means to advise and warn and caution. <laughs> just like the anointing, there's always a good side and a backside of the anointing, right? But, you know, I think God's trying to do something right now. I'm, I'm running a new book called In the Heart of a Son, and what is the true son that can submit, submit themselves to the man and woman of God. Now, uh, I, I was praying, my wife and I this afternoon, say, Lord, let there be some congruency in what Bishop starts off with. <laughs> and I believe there's some congruency tonight in what I want to share. And God's kind of going to tweak it a little bit than what I, I, I normally went after. But let me say this. Uh, the value of things are going up. Now, I'm, I'll be 67 years old here in September, and I remember, Bishop, when, when gas was 45 cents. You might know it was 19 cents. 29. 29. All right. Something like that. Now, what is it now? About 429, 449? 
Houses have gone up. Everything's seven gone up. Something. Seven. How much? Seven something. Oh, seven. Yeah, it, it could be seven something. It's crazy. California is like eight bucks, right? right? So what's happening is, is that value is going up. But do you really understand the value of this man and woman of God? Now I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it, right? I was talking to the young people today, and I said, do you understand the value of the set man and woman of God? Now, I can do this because I'm leaving tomorrow, but, you know, we've got to understand that there's true value here. You know, when I worked for Coca-Cola, you know, billion dollars, billion, billions and billions and billions of dollars, right? The situation is, is they they put a value on the Coca-Cola brand, right? They've evangelized the world with a soft drink. It's in every country, right? They say they're the real thing. But how much value in the last, I mean, 40 years now almost, 39, 40 years, 38, 38 years, what's the value that you've received? Is it $2 million? Is it a billion dollars? All I know is what they have done for me in the years I've known them and my apostle, Mark Kaufman, what they put into me, I can't even put a price on it. It's priceless. But I'm going to tell you right now, value means this, to esteem, to hold in respect of importance, to rate at a high price, to have high esteem. Esteem means to set a high value on with reverence and respect. So sometimes we got to take back. I was... I was ministering in our, in, uh, on a, we have prayer every day from 7.30, 8.30, you do too, uh, on three days a week. And uh, I have not missed that prayer time in five years, every five days a week. You know, we have prayer Tuesday night, Sunday morning, you guys have prayer. You got to have prayer. If you're in this church, you better be a prayer warrior. You know, you better be, you better be a worshiper and a prayer. This is some constants in this church that are very important. But what is the value that you would place on what you've received over the course of your life that gets you out of that environment over there and brought you into this place right now? What's the value of that? Where do you like to eat at? What's your favorite restaurant? Sushi. Sushi. Where's your favorite? Is there a favorite restaurant? Yeah. Maybe it's your son's restaurant. Right. Well, I love my son's restaurant. Okay, he has a son. What's your favorite restaurant? Uh, sushi place at Sushi Hana. Where's that at? Washington yeah. Avenue, right here. Okay, so Sushi Hana. Now, I challenged the people in the class today. I said, Does anybody know Bishop's best restaurant? I said, Come on, man. Man, you ought to be getting the cards out and giving him $100 too. I mean, that's what I do to my apostle. I got to bless him with something that they like. You like the fish? You golf? You don't golf, do you? Oh, no, I broke my leg. Okay, he broke his leg. But he fishes. Now, I know. I was up in Buffalo, New York a couple years ago. My wife and I, I'm walking in the store, and I see these hot sauces. I said, oh, my. I got to get some hot sauces for Bishop. So I brought a big rack of hot sauce, right? If I really value, like I do my set man and woman of God, I would do some things. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't need it. You need it. Yeah. Like he needs to go out and he, he ain't got, got money to go out and afford something. Boy, you're looking ugly at me tonight. Come on now. Get a little bit of a smile here. I mean, I know my set man of God. I know where he likes to eat. So every time I walk in here, I'm buying a $100 credit card and I'm just, just blessing them. We wash their cars. I said we washed the cars. I know they might live a little bit far. What's the last time somebody's come up and said, hey, Coralie, let me wash that car for you. Let me clean out the inside for it. 
See, I got to put some value. Boy, everybody looking. Come on, man. Give me a smile on this stuff. I'm, I'm trying to teach you to increase your capacity and your frame of reference that you understand that if I've got some value on the set man of God, that my goodness, is he not and she not worth it? They don't need it. They got enough money. They got what they need. But I'll tell you what, you need to sow into the value of the set man and woman of God. That's what we're talking about, sonship, true sons. We okay, Bishop? Just want to make sure you're okay. So all right. But, you know, my, my man of God likes to golf, so I went out and bought a $500 gift certificate. You might not have $500. You might have 10 bucks. You like coffee? Certain, what kind of coffee do you like? You go to a certain place? Well, Starbucks, but you got Starbucks. You like Starbucks? What do you like in Starbucks? I drink black. Drink a black. So I mean, hey, how about somebody blessed me today? I don't know if he's in the crowd. Is Andy in the crowd? I don't know if he is or not. Andy gave me two twenty-five. Where's Andy at? He's back there. Thank you, sir. He gave me two twenty-five dollar Starbucks card. I just mentioned Starbucks before I walked out the door. I got fifty dollars worth of Starbucks in me. <laughs> Man, you were way ahead of the game, my brother. You see, some people got it in here. You're at a hundredfold, and you're trying to come in this dirty word called maturity. That's what it's all about. That's their heart, that sons would come in the place of maturity. That's what it's all about. I got to mature. Listen, I'm 66 and a half years old. I better mature. You better too, right? And I want you to understand, some people got it. They might be at a hundredfold, and they're working their way to maturity. But there's a lot of people at 60-fold trying to get it. You better keep on keeping on. We got to get it. We got to get what's in this man and woman of God because Psalm 133 says it flows down, the anointing flows down. And if you want that commanded blessing, stand there, come on. See, I have received from them over the years I've known them a commanded blessing. I've sold into them for many years until he released me to go to my apostle. But I tell you what, I was receiving, I still receive, I still call him. I thank God for my apostle that's over me right now. But, man, I need a mentor like this man or woman of God that puts something in me and say, I told him the other day, I said, Bishop, you got a word for me. I always have a word for you, Ed. (laughs) Now, when I'm in trouble, he'll go, Ed. (laughs) And I know (laughs) that I'm in trouble, right? But I start going back and said from 77 to 87, when I got out of college in 77, I went into a Presbyterian church, Okay. And I, I, I value that, that, that value wasn't too, too much because most of the denominations are just maintaining what they know. Yeah. See, you have pioneers in the front row. Yeah. Have they not pioneered? All you got to do is take a walk around the building. Yeah. Oh, the picture's over there. My goodness, what has that? So one time I think I was ministering here and I said, do you understand what you got? And I felt the Lord tell me today when I was laying down in the bed just praying in the Spirit, he said, you got to tell the people the value that's on the two, two, two seats here on the front row. Yeah. And you got to be willing to sow to that value because you need it, not them. Yeah. That's how it works, right? Yeah. I expect you to get some black coffee. I expect hot sauces. <laughs> I expect some, some cards there for the famous, what's the name of that restaurant again? Sushi Hana. Sushi Hana. Somebody write that down. Okay. I'm not yelling, I'm just speaking, right? <laughs> From 1988 to 2000, I got hooked into a charismatic church. I finally, the prophetic word, you know, we just had Bishop Bill Hammond. He started the prophetic at our church last week. He's 87 years old, uh, still going strong, released some unique things. But he birthed the prophetic. And I had my first prophetic word, and the first word was, you're like two baby chicks sitting underneath a dead mother hen, and the ministry can't come forth. 
That was that Presbyterian pastor. Now listen, when you get a word like that, please don't share that with your pastor. <laughs> he gave me the left and the right foot of fellowship. I mean, I was gone, man. And so, and I obviously told the prophet, I don't, he said, you don't go here. I said, I do now. And I left as a set one, not a went one. Some people leaving church, they're went ones. They're not set ones. They just take off and go. And so from 88 to 2000, I'm in this charismatic church. I'm under a bishop. I'm under the prophetic. I'm learning things of the Holy Ghost, and things are moving. And then about uh, 2000, my my son, 1999, was in an accident. But 2000, I left that, and I got into the worst church in America, (laughs) as bishop calls it. So from 2000 to 2008, I'm trying to bring a pastor, God bless him, into the apostolic. And God gave me great favor. I met you uh, at the International Coalition of Apostles with, with Apostle Kelly, and you and I are up in Minneapolis at this meeting, and, and Bishop says, uh, you know, we're trying to create this whole marketplace thing, and Bishop raises his hand. He tells him everything he has, and Bishop has everything, right? He, he has connections everywhere. And the lady just kind of walked past him and says, oh, we don't want to just take your stuff. Who else has an idea? Because they're all theorists. They're not practitioners. So he looked at me and says, you ready to go back to the airport? So we got up and all left, him, myself, and Paul Tan. <laughs> and I met him, and I said, hey, I got an office down in Baltimore. Can I just come and see you? And that opened up the door for us to have a relationship. But about 2008, uh, I was trying to bring him into the church I was at, and it was ugly. And uh, all of a sudden, he got me out of the worst church, right? And I got under my apostle in 2008. But I can tell you what, that took me out. I had to go and look at the different value that I was and what I received. Now, I thank God for the Pentecostal and charismatic roots. But I'm telling you, we're in kingdom now. We're in a whole different place. We're in a third reformation. So your frame of reference has to change. And, you know, one of the things that he said is that you got people who can be coming in here, and they have to understand the culture. And that's what I see in our church. People come in, they don't understand the culture. That's why sometimes you've got to sit for about a year to understand the culture of the house to be able to enter into that. And that's why people come in and come out because they don't understand the culture. This is not a pastoral paradigm. This is apostolic. We've got a city to take, right? And so we've got to understand tonight that there's a process for us to understand as sons of God, male and female. When I say sons, I'm talking male and female. There's four things I always ask people. Do you know who you are? you got to know who you are. Well, I'm a priest, a prophet, a king, just like Jesus was, and a son. And you got to know your identity. Believe me, right now, people don't know who they are. People think they're cats. Some lady I just saw was like, did all this makeup for Wonder Woman. You know, it's crazy stuff what's going on right now. They don't know who they are. You know, people barking around. Some guy thought he was a deer and they shot him. He was out in the woods, thought he was a deer, and they killed him. Seriously. <laughs> you know. But you got to know who you are, right? You got to know. Then you got to know what you have. See, what they have put into you in all these years, you have to receive this. So, hey, there's natural gifting. Now, the class we went through behavioral, I'm a certified disc behavioral style, and we talk about your behavior. We're not getting hung up on behavior, but we're looking at your natural giftings and some of those behavioral tendencies, right? So you have your natural gifts. Second of all, you take a, hopefully you took a spiritual gifting profile. What are your spiritual gifts? All right? So then I, I got to go with my spiritual gifts. Then I got to have some acquired skill. We taught this group this week on essential soft skills. We taught about the hero's principle. Maybe I'll share a little bit about that tonight about 
H for honor, E for excellence, R for responsibility, O for order, E for expectation, S for servanthood, the acronym for heroes, which are kingdom principles. So we're getting acquired skill with this group. You learn anything? Come on, give me a little bit of, yeah. And so we're training them how to write a, a, a plan, how to have an action plan. What do you need to do? An objective, a goal, a strategy, a measure. And we're helping them. So when I bring that together with that natural gifting that you all have, your spiritual gifting, and I bring together specifically, you know, the situation uh, when I bring that acquired skill there, think about David. He's out in the field here. I know he's knocking out butterflies with that, that slingshot of his. He's getting accurate, right? He's just taking off. So he takes on a lion and a bear. And when he goes in to, with that harp, you just don't walk in the king's palace with your harp. Somebody need a musician? You better go in there and know the protocol. So I believe God was equipping him and training him to see what he would see when he would become king. What is the protocol he had to do? So he came in there, practiced his harp, and he now has this acquired skill. But when he stepped on that battlefield, man, he better have an anointing. I don't want that rock to hit here and miss here. So when you take everything, that's why you got to bring it all together. That's what Bishop and Coralie are trying to say. He said you got to do that dirty word called work. you got to do something right now. Well, what God's doing. See, God's starting to build this thing here. God's starting to build these schools now. God's starting to bring in these young people so we can get them in their destiny. That's my passion. I know that that's his passion. That's Keith Johnson. So I can know who I am. I can know what I have. Now i got to know how to increase it. I'm a consultant. I'll tell you what, Bishop, the hardest thing I see right now is a lack of capacity of people. We talk about where are you from a zero to ten. You know, Daniel was a 10. Where are you? If you're a 4, how are you going to get to a 6? What are you going to do based on the equipping and training that you've received here to move up to that next level? Now, if you are a 3, don't try to minister to a 5. Okay? You don't have an authority to do that. I got people right out now that I know right now are out on the Internet Telling you how they can be your midwife and they can birth your business with 20 years experience and they, they can't do squat. And these are spirit-filled. And this one person I know created the Marketplace Institute, the Apostolic Marketplace Institute. Hopefully she's not listening. But I'll tell you what, it's a joke. She just put, she just was in a business with some friends of mine and stuck them with 50 grand and declared bankruptcy. And she says, I can birth your business. Next, take a seat. Go sit in the back and learn something, right? It's terrible, I'll tell you. So we have to be careful in this day because your focus is going to determine your future. You've got to really be targeted right now. No use for shotgun. We've got to be targeted what God's doing. So I know who I am. I know what I have. Now i got to know how to increase it with some capacity. And every time you're in here on a Thursday night and on a Sunday and you're here on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday on that prayer call, guess what? Your capacity is increasing. But it's one thing to take notes, and I take notes on everything, every time we have a meeting, I take notes. Now i got to apply this stuff. Amen. you got to walk it out, right, shoe leather. And then i got to know what to do with it. Who needs it? Right. You know, I, I tell you what, I, I challenged, you know, some of the group there, because they do serve. Don't misunderstand. This group serves. But you heard the plea, not really a plea. It's not called volunteer anymore. It's called servant leadership. We don't even use that in our church. You know, we don't need no volunteers. We need servant leaders. And we feed, you know, you feed 44,000 people, people, 
44,000 people a month? My goodness. Hallelujah. We're feeding 3,000 families. We think we're all that and that. He's feeding 44,000, right? My goodness. So there's something going on. But I, told, I saw Daniel the other day, and he's out here plugging stuff and putting stuff in the greenhouse. Somebody need, might need to help him. Yeah. I challenge these people over here. I said, Tyler might need some help. I know all the stuff he got to do. Andy might need some help. When was the last time you saw somebody running around and say, hey, can I help you do something? Right. It's called the work of the ministry. And we've got to understand that we've got to be two things. In this day and age, you've got to be a good manager and you've got to be a good steward. God's looking for managers. If you can't manage your own life, how are you going to manage the things of the kingdom? And I'm going to tell you, you know, we're at a place right now, we're looking to see who's going to be a manager. A manager is somebody who governs, who controls. Um, a steward is the one who manages the affair of a household to, to, to really bring things in order, to administrate. And in this day and age, I'd say that Bishop needs and, and Coralie need true sons where we're going, where sons are going to be able to manage, steward, and administrate the kingdom. I believe that the kingdom is advancing because this world's falling apart, folks. Quit looking at the world system. I don't even look at this. I'm not in that system. I'm living in Goshen. I'm living under Psalm 91. I'm living in a different place. I don't even care about it. I'm not changing my, my income in terms of what I spend in that because Jesus is my source, right? And I just keep on going. He provides because my living is based on my giving. Amen. I know the other day I was, uh, I said, you know, my, my apostle, uh, they were going down on vacation. So I just wrote a check, a big check to bless them on a vacation. How much is that airfare down there to fly you down there to Bahamas? Uh, about 700 Each? So about $1,500. Hey, you know what I had to do? We had this now project, we call it. In 2012, my apostle had a, had a dream that he was going to feed the city. He goes into the store, and there's all this food. He said, God, there's food here. So not about food, it's about money. And so he saw this in his vision. He looked up, and he saw these people putting boxes of food in cars, and there was Mercedes-Benz, there was the junkie cars, there was trucks. It was every type of different situation. So we start bringing our goodies into church in our little pantry, <laughs> and they were going out of code <laughs> in 2012. But when 2020 hit, all of a sudden the Now Project kicked in. We were getting to get out of the church. So what happened was, because he owns the oldest flower shop in America now, wow. what he did was we went into nine nursing homes, and we gave every patient in the nursing home a flower bouquet and said, brighten your day, because they couldn't get in to see them, couldn't see anybody. Then we went into the, into the lower-end projects where housing developments were. We bought 450 board games. We knocked on the door and gave them life and gave them Monopoly. And, gave, and these kids' eyes were like, because they were, they were trapped in the house. Yeah, good stuff. And then we said, we got to do something. So I called up Pastor Jim Kilmartin. I said, Jim, what do you do? First of all, I called you. You said, call Jim. So I called Jim, if you remember. I called Jim. He's going to Hope of Blessing over in Lancaster and get the truck. So I raised $2,500. We did the church real quick. We got a truck. So we had 720 boxes. Oh, man, we were jacked up. 720 boxes. So we say we're going to go to this park, and we're going to give out one box per, per, per car. They were lined up two miles. I showed you guys the picture of it. They were lined up two miles down the road, and we gave out one box each. Then because we're a 501c3 and 501c6 on our Christian Chamber of Commerce, that's part of what I'm, I'm a president of that we created, we went to the Pittsburgh Food Bank and we said, we're going to do something. And they said, okay, we're going to start giving you product. So we start getting produce. 
Thank you, President Trump. We had meat. We had cheese. We had a box of meat and cheese. We had a, about a 30, 40-pound box. We had a box of produce. We had a box of dry goods. We had milk. We had all kind of stuff we were giving them. So we start getting thousands of boxes. So this thing turned out when COVID hit. We started doing it twice a month, and we were servicing five, four to 5,000 families, 1,000 cars backed up there. And I know you're not a Studer fan, but Ben Roethlisberger came down one day with us, and he helped him and his wife, and they helped serve people, and they brought a truck in that they have from St. Louis. But we began to see, see the people. We sent our intercessors out to pray for people as the cars were coming down. And cars were falling apart, and we're, we're sitting there jumping cars with all the cars. You know, we're pushing cars through with boxes. And we had about 40 volunteers, and I kind of coordinate that. We're starting back on March on March 25th. But it takes about 40 people to do this. But we're, we have given away in 18 months $20 million worth of goods. Not like as much as he's doing, but we're doing something in a small community, in a, in a church. Our church is not that big. But see, you got to work the kingdom, right? we got to manage and store what's in our hands, right? That's why I'm really, I really appreciate what's going on in potentially this college, which is going to happen, and this school. And I mean, I was out here teaching this week, and you got kids running around everywhere. This is awesome. It's about the next generation. And I'm going to tell you something. You're in a process right now of becoming a true son. Because a true son is going to step in and say, where can I help? What can I do? Where do you need me? You know, the problem is, is that behaviorally, most people with a personality style that's stable and secure, about 69%, 70%, they sit here and say, tell me what to do. You don't want to hang around this man or woman of God too long and say, tell me what to do. I say, do. Yeah. Say that with me. One, two, three. Do. So if I'm, if I'm walking around, I see something out of order here, I don't say, should I pick this up? I pick it up. I go in the bathrooms all the time, and I'm picking stuff up. I was out in Southlands, uh, Paul Tans one time, Southlands Christian School, and they do some things with that. And uh, I wa- I'm going to do a baccalaureate uh, meeting for the kids, and we're t- teaching the kids on behavior and career choice, matching your career with Jobs in 16 career clusters based on your behavioral style. It's just the pretty cool things that God's given us. And I walk in the bathroom, an outside bathroom, and there's paper all over the floor. I'm on my knees in my suit picking up paper. And I walked in that meeting with those kids. And I'm teaching on excellence. And you have excellence, an excellence banner over your school? Come on. See, you got to walk in a place. If I'm going to be a true son, I'm going to have to understand that I got to come in a place and I got to know that I'm going to press to the high call of God that says in Philippians. And what is that high call of God? The high call of God is for you to be transformed and conformed to the likeness and the nature of his image. And the image right now is saying somebody do something because there's a world falling apart. So I don't know about you, Bishop Hammond just wrote this new book on the highest calling. And it touched me because i got to know that I've got to be transformed and conformed to the likeness of the nature of that image. And that's what it's all, that's the highest call you can have. And Paul talks about that in Philippians, you know, where he says, you know, you got to press before the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. But he says here in, in Philippians 3, 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect, 
be thus minded, and if any thee, anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we've already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have example. The Amplified in verse 15 says, let, So let those of us who are spiritually mature and full-grown have this mind and hold these convictions, and if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. See, we're trying to get to the place of maturity because you don't know what's happening. We are on the verge of the greatest kingdom of God being established right now. We're in the third reformation. God's ready to move this place into kingdom. This is all falling down, people. The world system's going out. It's going down. It's going to get worse. I had to pull all my money out of the stock market the other day. I pulled it all out. I called my broker up. I said, listen, dude. <laughs> well, you're going to have to go back in. I said, I don't want to hear it. Pull that out of there. I can't be losing fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a day. So yesterday it goes up like six hundred points. He's ready to call me. I said, "Time out, brother. Today down another two hundred, almost one hundred fifty. This ain't. This is down, man. You better get out. You better hear wisdom, right? You better know what you're doing in this system because this system is going to fail. But God is really looking for for somebody to mature. You know, when I worked for Coca Cola uh, in 1977, 87, I worked for Unilever. Largest packaged good company in the world. And uh, when I came in the, in the, in the, in the Coca-Cola, I had to have 10 years' experience to move into that position. They wouldn't even look at me. Why do we think sometimes we come in here and we got to get to a high level without sitting and understanding we're coming in here at a level? we got to know where you are because, like I said, some people got it in here. Some people are getting it. Some people are working on getting it, but some people don't even care. you got to care right now because I tell you, if you are not undercover, you're in trouble. If you're not here on these prayer meetings, if you're not here at church, i got to go to church again. He talks too long on Thursday night. On Sunday sometimes when I come home from church at about 2.30, I'll just flip you on and say, Bishop's still at it. (laughs) I say, man, he got it. He went for me to come on. We've, I've already been there since 9.30 in prayer from 9.30 to 10.30. We got, you know, 10.30 to 1 o'clock. I get home about 1.30. I, get, I turn on Facebook, clicking on, there he is. If we ever needed more word, it's now. Yes. We need less word, right? So what are we going to do if we're going to be true sons? The Bible says in Hebrews 13.17, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden for, the, for that which be of no benefit to you. We're in a time right now where we've got to understand to, things are accelerating more in the kingdom. Amen. And you've got to understand that it's going to get more work in here for the kingdom. There's more work coming. Now, he has a grace. She has a grace. They can handle a lot. But we got to increase our capacity. How are you going to increase your capacity? What are you going to do in these next even months ahead they are going to happen? Now, they have been saying, some of the prophets, that since last October till right now, uh, till the end of April, Chuck Pearson and, and some have said, and even Bishop Hammond said this, that God says between now and the end of April, he's coming uh, and looking to settle accounts in the earth. And what that means is, are you using your gifts? Right. And it's the five, two, and one of the talents. 
And right now, you, in the next 51 days before the end of April, I would encourage you that you stir yourself up and start using your gifts because God said by the prophets, he's coming right now to settle accounts. And if you're not using your gifts, just like the one who buried it, man, it's going to be taken from you and given to somebody else. Bishop Hammond said this, when we have our training for prophetic in our church, I tell the people who get trained, okay, if you're not going to use this gift, leave your gift at the door. My staff will take it, and we'll take it, and we'll increase it. But what are you going to do about what's been preached here to go out? You got this little card right here, right? You got this card that's an opportunity right now, and it's one thing to have this thing, and it costs money to do that, but what can I do and be an evangelist to go out and tell somebody that, man, if you really want life, because I tell you, people are hurting right now. Man, they are hurting. And if you're walking in a grocery store and you're not sensitive enough, somebody can kill themselves that night because you didn't hear the voice of God. You weren't listening. You didn't tap into that discerning of the spirits. You didn't tap into the prophetic that you operate in. you got to stir yourself up right now, right? When Paul told Timothy, he was bringing him through that process of being a great man of God, right? But in 2 Timothy 1, what's he say, man? Stir yourself up. So if I'm going to stir myself up and I'm going to start seeing what God wants me to do, and if the prophets are saying that he's going to settle accounts between now and the end of April, you got to be careful. Amen. I just, you know, I, I, I have lost in the last three years, I lost a covenant brother that I had for 30 years who was partnering with me. I lost that relationship, okay? And it's just things happened, and uh, I just recently had to buy him out of my business. God bless him. I bless him. But we were just congruent of where we were going. Some of you got to get rid of some of the people. And on January 9th, I lost my brother 71 years to COVID. That's hard. That's a real hard deal when my brother passed. Because I brought my brother into the kingdom back in 2003, 2004, and he just decided to go a different way. And all I know is this, I'm going to stay focused. I don't care what I lost. What's going on? I'm going to stay focused on advancing God's kingdom, and nothing's going to deter me. Nothing's going to stop me. I mean, I was in the hospital room on January 8th. He's on a ventilator, lost 30 pounds. I didn't even recognize him. I'm laying hands on him. I'm decreeing that God lift up my brother. Lift him up, Jesus. I believe that you can redeem him. You can bring him back right now. And he's moving because they said he hasn't moved. He was, you know, he's, he's sedated. And he's moving there with his feet. And the next day at 3 o'clock in the morning, he passed away. And I said, God, I, I really believe you're going to touch him. He said, I was going to touch him, but my brother had a rapture theology. He wanted to be on the first train out. I think he got his first train. Hey, <laughs> tell you this, you know. And I, I, I really was disappointed. I said, God, I don't understand. I said, I believe he was going to come back when he got redeemed, he got whole, and come out of this thing and come into the kingdom and I'm just being honest with you. I love, I love my family. I love my brother. But my brother, he said he would never have entered in. He wanted to get out of here. He's coming to us, not for us, folks. He's coming to set up his kingdom here. Right. Let's get out this mentality we're leaving the planet. We ain't leaving. You're here to occupy. Boy, you're all looking at me kind of ugly. Come on, we're here to occupy, right? Come on, we're here to occupy. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to get 120. Okay, and if we can beat death, Bishop, I'm willing to beat death too. But I'm staying here to 120. And if I got to get two new hip replacements or get some oil in here, I'll shoot myself. I got to shoot some oil in these hips. I'll shoot some oil in there. 
I don't care what I need. If I need a bionic arm, I'll tell you if I got to get some new replacements, put them back in there. In fact, I'll tell you what I need, Jesus. I just need brand new hips. I'm going to take out those machines that they put in here. I'm going to say, give me my money back. <laughs> and there's been people who have literally seen where the, they had stuff in their body and it was on the shelf the next day. Now, I don't know how much these, these replacements are worth in there, but if I took them out, it could be 120 grand for the, for the kingdom. I don't know. <laughs> Give me that check, honey. Let's, let's get out and feed some people, right? So, you know, we're dealing with situations right now, and God's kind of just taking me through some things here of, of, of what you really need to do. And, you know, I shared it this morning with the group about this heroes principle. I wrote a book on the heroes. And you think about the kingdom aspects of kingdom opportunity for you to walk in, live in, because if people see you walking as a hero in life, they're going to look at you and you're going to be able to do some of these kingdom aspects. When I, I wrote this book, and the acronym again is H for Honor, E for Excellence, R for Responsibility, O for Order, E for Expectation, S for Servanthood. And what happened was, was that I, I wrote the book in a Christian book, then I wrote a secular book for business. So I gave a book to my boss from Coca-Cola. And she read the book. She says, you need to teach this to the organization. Hey, praise the Lord. And so when I retired in 2017, in June, she flew my wife and I down to Orlando. She said, before you walk out the door, you got to teach people on the hero's principle. Because what's working in an environment is not working anymore. So if I could honor my customer, if I could do things with excellence, if I could take personal responsibility, if I can be in order and submit myself to those people in order and behave myself, if I can have expectation, it's going to be great, and I can serve somebody, I'm going to tell you right now, that will preach. And I'm up there teaching that, and they gave me a standing ovation that was over, you know, praise the Lord. Then I waved bye-bye and never looked back, you know, after, after 27 years as a manager and trainer. But I can tell you what, I put something in them and imparted something to them that are kingdom principles, and they didn't even know it. Because it's not about margin. It's not about more profit. It's not about this or that with these customers because everybody, Amazon's stealing all these customers anyway. Right. Yeah. Giants, they're losing. Giant, you know, giant foods. And I called on Wegmans, okay? <laughs> my lovely Wegmans. They don't want to sell Coca-Cola. They want to sell Wegmans brand. They want to sell my product. So what was I going to do when Wegmans didn't care about my brand? My boss walked in there one time and he says, we, I had a 40 share of market at Wegmans, of my brands, of Coca-Cola. And I, I sold Minute Maid, I sold Simply Orange Juice and other brands, uh, Gold Pig Tea, Fair Life Milk, and brands like that. I had a $75 million territory. And I walk over to Wegmans, and Wegmans says, you know, uh, I, I had a brand new orange juice, Simply Orange Juice. We were the first one with a carafe back in 2003. And it was a beautiful brand, and we didn't even market it as a Coca-Cola brand. We just marketed some guys down in Florida had a brand. We just, we just marketed a whole different way, right? So I walk in there, and the, 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 the head guy, the vice president of Wegmans goes, has all the orange juices lined up. Florida's Natural, Tropicana, Private Label. He goes, simply orange juice. I'll pay a dollar for that. That's like you saying, how much your truck costs? $100,000. Hey, I think I'll pay 30000 30, for that. Right. Right. So they threw me out, okay? They, 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 they threw us out and says, come back with a better price. Come back with a better price. Well, I had a boss at that time that really was one of the bosses that says, I pay you to get it done. Sit down, shut up, and go get it done. Okay. He loved my cash out, that loved my you know? 
There's enough oil on the walls in the bathroom of Wegmans right now with crosses of me going in there anointing this place with oil. Okay, hey, there's like four, there's like 400 crosses on there. I'm walking in there. I'm anointing, praying in tongues, and everything else. I'm trying to get the strategy by the Holy Ghost to get Simply Orange Juice, which is a brand that's exactly what their target customer is. Eighty-five dollars to $120,000 income, a great brand, tastes great, better than any other taste in orange juice. Come on, go try it. Get rid of a cup of canna. Get into the, get into the uh, Simply Orange Juice. And I'll tell you what, my boss got mad at me. And I said, I'm going to keep going. I went in here every quarter. I had a presentation. I said, you're losing money, guys. You're losing money. And I really had to trust God to honor this customer, keep doing things with excellence, Take responsibility, be in order, be in expectation, be in servanthood to this customer. And he called me in one day, the VP. Now, I had a chance to hit him. He was walking across the driveway one time. I could have swerved the car and hit him, but I didn't do that. I said, Lord, forgive me. But what I did was I ended up at that time was I had to serve this customer. Now, I had to deliver $4 million profit out of this customer. How am I going to do that? When he, he, he took my brands and he literally knocked all my brands on and went down to one, one item. Minute me. I went down to like a three share. So my boss, Smarty Pants, walks in there, and we're in the meeting, and the, the, the one guy who was the buyer says, how come your business is bad? Duh. You know? So my boss got his notebook and said, uh, look in the mirror. Well, they threw him out on his ear. He was never allowed to come back. So now it's the vice president of the company who I used to work with Cleveland. He has to come in. Well, they come in, and you're buddy-buddy when the VP's there, but when they leave, they're not going to treat you any different. So I had to come up with, what am I going to do? I can't have the, and they were charging me like 35% margin, and they were charging, charging Tropicana 20% margin. And private label, they had it at 99 cents. They were just selling a ton of private label. What are you going to do to stay in honor, stay in a place of excellence, in the midst of your business, when you know that this customer doesn't want what you have, doesn't really care about it, and really every time there's a, a freeze or something in Florida are calling you, they're cussing you out on the phone, and I had to stay and know that, hey, God, God is my source. God, you know, I'm going to believe that I'm going to stay in this place of being a hero. And so I went in there, and then my boss, what he does, he, I, I, he ends up getting on my case a little bit, and I, I work with him in Pittsburgh. Uh, sorry, Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I, I work with him in Pittsburgh in, in, this, in September. And I go in, the, in, in, in uh, Houston, Texas, where our headquarters were in March. And I come walking in there. And he said, what kind of year do you think you had? I said, well, it's been a kind of a tough year. But I was number one in financial management, number two in volume. I didn't get Simply Oranges back in. I eventually got it back in. But I didn't get it back yet. He said, well, I didn't like the way you did it. I said, huh? I didn't like the way you did it. I said, okay. What's that mean? He says, well, out of five areas where, you know, you, we look at you for, you know, who you are. We, we grade you on five areas. Zero means you're, you're canned, right? You're out. One, you, you know, you're really bad. Two, uh, you're hanging in there on a the thread. Three, you're doing the job. Everybody got threes. Four, you're, you're pretty good. Nobody gets a five. So in the five areas of one up to five, he gave me a one, a one, a two, a two, and a two. And he said, you are now on 90 days probation. You will be terminated in 90 days. Okay? So what are you going to do? So I said to myself, I'm calling the vice president up. 
Mr. Steve, I know him. I'm calling him up, man. He's going to get me out of this mess. And they heard the Holy Ghost. Let me redeem you. Say, what? Was that the pizza? What was that that I just heard? No, I'm going, man, because this guy's messing me up. This guy doesn't understand my heart. I'm a loyal uh, you know, employee with the customer. I just was the national sales manager of the year two years before that. I got my nice big plaque and all this stuff. And here I am. I think it's unfair. And so the Lord says, go to work. Go to that dirty word called work. Get to work right now. And so I created a process. And my boss lived down here. And I came down. He, he flew up. My other boss, the boss put this peer of mine in, in place and says, you go work with Ed to straighten him out. So the peer comes up and works with me. He says, man, he wants to fire you. What, what's up? I knew I was in a spiritual battle. Yep. I knew that I wasn't wrestling against flesh and blood. You know? And I, I start standing on, you know, in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon is going to form against me. But the Amplified says, I'm going to show and prove them to be in the wrong. Yep. I'm going to show this guy that there's a God that if I keep in honor, I keep in excellence, I take responsibility, I went to work, I start documenting everything. Uh, and that, that peer of mine flew up and he said, man, he wants to fire you. He said, what are you doing wrong? I said, well, you know, when I came back to the company three years ago, I spent a week with you in Baltimore. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm doing exactly what you're doing because you trained me when I came. I, I left the company. They, they canned me in 1995. I had a prophetic word that God was going to bring me back. And then three years later, when I started this stuff and focus I was doing, they called me back and gave me everything back, gave me my seven years tenure back. They don't do that now after 30 days. And they said, we need you back. I had a prophetic word from Sharon Stone at Christian International. She said, it's going to be a repositioning. My boss called me up and says, I just got repositioned in New York. I want you to come back. I went back down there, and, I, and the guy I was working with wasn't going to give me what he promised, and so I went back down there. And I got with Coca-Cola, so I'm, I'm working this process. So 90 days coming, every, every week, i got to do a condition letter. I'm writing what's going on, man. But I'm walking the floor, and I'm keeping myself above this thing. Right now, you better keep yourself. We're not in the loader bar, right? We're not doing the limbo right now. we got to get above the bar. Yeah. If you go below that bar right now, you're in trouble. That's why you got pastors around here that can help you. You got to reach out right now to people because right now, man, if you get your mind over Fox News and CNN, all that garbage, you're going to be in trouble. And I could have got easily in trouble in my mind, but I heard the voice of the Lord. I had a word for Fuchsia Pickett back in 1992. She said, son, I'm going to put in you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, but the teacher's on duty. Get in the classroom. Get in the holy place. Hear the voice of God. So I heard the voice. And I was getting on the airplane when I was coming back after my, my bad report from Houston. And my buddy says, hey, man, did you, you, you're the number one in the whole region here. How'd you do? I said, I'm on probation. He said, what? <laughs> so 90 days go by, man. I'm warfaring, right? I'm standing in faith. I'm believing God. I'm walking in honor. I'm not bad-mouthing this guy. I said, I'm not bad-mouthing this guy. I'm not bad-mouthing this guy. My, I'm declaring that I'm going to be blessed, right? God's going to redeem me. So 90 days coming, I'm in New York City, we're in a meeting. He comes up to me, pats me on my back, says, hey, uh, I got all reports, you're good. See you later. Thank you, you're good. I didn't get redeemed. Did I? Pat the back, ain't no redemption, okay? So I said, Lord, what's up here? So I go to the end of the year, I was on probation 90 days. Three months later, I'm, in, I'm in, up in Las Vegas in the national sales meeting. They're ready to call up the national sales manager of the year. I'm sitting back there with my head down. All of a sudden, my name is called. 
how can I be on probation 90 days and be the national sales manager of the year? So I'm walking up there, and I hear, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. And my buddy, who's a heathen that I've been trying to witness to all my life, and, I'm, you know, what happened? I said, God just redeemed me and you. He just brought us up. And you know what? I went back to that boss, and I shook his hand, and I honored him. I walked in excellence, responsibility, order, expectation, and servanthood, and God blessed me. Right now, you better be walking in that as a kingdom person. A true son is going to exemplify what's being preached here and able to walk this out in shoe leather. And so what I have to do is I'm going to make sure that I am walking through what God's called me to do even now and what God, you know, God's given me. I mean, I have an expectation God was going to do more than I am right now. Bishop and I have, Bishop told me in, 19, in 2015, he says, you better get out of Coca-Cola in two years. I said, yes, sir, and I got out in a year and a half. And so I'm walking through right now the process of God ready to start moving my business. I'm in South Africa working some things right now, and God is in position right now to explode some things because he's after this next generation. But if you can't teach honor to this next generation, if you don't do things with excellence, this house is a house of excellence, right? This is the house of responsibility. It's the house of order and expectation of servanthood. My nephew, God bless him, uh, I got him a job as, in, the, in, the mar- in the marketing company of this food broker we had. And I told the Christian man who over- oversaw it, it was a nationwide marketing company, I said, guys, I said, will you take a look at my nephew? See, so he hires my nephew. My nephew comes in, he works for about six months, and I, I get a phone call from him, says, come in, I want to talk to you. I walk in the door, he says, hey, he said, I'm going to fire your nephew. I said, why? He said, well, there's a couple things. He said, number one, he doesn't know how to write an email. Has anybody been taught how to write an email? <laughs> Why don't you teach him how to write an email? You know? I said, I'll help him do that. He said, the second thing is he doesn't stay past 5 o'clock. I says, well, what's the hours of the organization? He said, 8 to 5. But I'm still working here, and he never looks over at me and stays around. I said, you ever tell him to stick around? He said, no, he ought to know better. I said, okay. He said, and they can't get along with Marine over here. Marine's a Jezebel spirit. They just lost two of their best people over here because of Marine. I said, nobody gets along with Marine. She ought to go, not him. <laughs> so I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, I got to do something about this. So my brother comes in and says, hey, switch jobs. Get out of there. I said, if he switches jobs right now, he'll be living in your basement till he's 30. Why don't you let me step in? Give me spiritual authority here. Let me step in. He's your son, but let me step in here because I work in Fortune 500. He's in Fortune 500. My brother had, had a company that was small business, 250 customers, nice business, but he never worked in that environment. So he gave me, he tapped, it was the old tag team. He tapped me, I got in there. I said, everybody gather around here. This is during Christmas. Okay. In the name of Jesus. I'm taking authority on this because this young man has a marketplace anointing on him, and I'm going to break this thing off of him right now, and I believe, God, you're going to turn it around. We all come in agreement, amen. We ate ate some ham. It was great. (laughs) Ate some good ham. About two weeks later, uh, I get a phone call, and uh, he says, Uncle Ed, he says, the woman, Maureen, they just took me off of her and gave me over this woman named Jane. Well, Jane is a people person, and Jane took him under his wings, and he started to thrive. 
He was working hard anyway. I said, listen, you stay till after 5 o'clock. You go to that man and say, do you need me for anything else? Sometimes you got to ask Bishop, what else do you need? you got to ask some of these pastors, what else do you need? Why don't you hang around because some things need to be done. Mel, you got a lot going on here at the church. Sometimes you just need help. When was the last time they went over to, over to Mel and said, Mel, you need some help? Mm. Quiet now. Oh, my. Because it's work, right? you got to get some things done. So anyway, I get a phone call. I'm up in Syracuse, and I'm doing a marketplace meeting, and I'm working up there. I'm doing this night meeting. I'm getting in the hotel, getting prepared. And he calls me up. He said, Uncle Ed, he said, they just promoted me and gave me the whole central and the west division of the country. I'm still living here, but they gave me all this thing. I said, God's on the increase. I said, now what are you going to do to increase your capacity? You keep treating people in honor. You keep treating people with excellence. You keep doing responsibility. Take this responsibility. Be in order. Submit yourself to those people above you, right? Be in order to submission. Take, you know, be an expectation. Be the cheerleader when you walk in these meetings. My boss would call me sometimes and said, man, business is bad. You come in the meeting on Wednesday, man, you better be jacking people up when you walk in there. So he'd come in and I'd hit him. No. <laughs> come on, let's go. Let's get ready, right? And so and anyway, about another six months later, I get a phone call. They're moving him out to the West Coast. So now he's at Huntington Beach. He ain't moving back to Pittsburgh. No. Ain't no way. He got five surfboards. He's out there. And he got, I said, listen, five years and get out of there. Five and a half years he got out and he went with Fandango. Fandango takes care of all the movies. But because of the capacity that he was getting over there with the food broker, he was working with Walmart, Target, all these big customers because they had these marketing programs. When he went with Fandango, they never were in those opportunities. So what he did was he went to the owner of Fandango and said, listen, I can take this and I can bring this into Walmart. I can bring this into Target. I can bring these to big customers. So uh, he came over to the house. I said, okay, let's believe. What do you think you can do first year? He said, well, at least a million. He did $1.2 million. Last year, I saw him, he did $9 million. So that became one of the best profit centers for the organization. But I said, before you leave that company, you make sure you honor those people. You make sure you say, what else I can do? So when I left Coke, he told me to get out. Then I got out. I listened to the man of God. When I got out, I hired my replacement. When she came in, I said, now listen, honey. I got a culture here. If you want share leadership, You'll follow my culture. If you want to lose share leadership, you'll do your own thing. And my culture is one of respect and, and honor and excellence and responsibility. I just laid out, I said, Here's, read this book. Gave her the book. And so anyway, here he is now. He, he brought in $9 million. He's blessed. I mean, his bonus was like five zero zero comma zero zero zero. Bonus. Bonus. Sorry. I told him he owes me money. <laughs> I said, he owes his uncle a nice big check. Come on. Do something to Uncle Eddie, right? But what are we going to do when we're sitting in a world right now of dishonor? We live in a world of dishonor. Yes, we, we live in a world that won't honor anybody with a badge, anybody that has a title, dishonor. Right. And we've got to understand how powerful honor is. It's saying that there's some awesome things about you and I honor you. And if we live in a world of dishonor, who's going to sow the opposite spirit? Who's going to bring in this situation to change some things? We live in a world of average. Where's no excellence? See, if you're going to be in this house and you're going to do something, and you say, I want to I'm going to be a servant leader, no volunteer, servant leader, and I go do something, and you don't do it right, oh, boy, 
Here it comes. Because I have to do things with excellence, right? You do too. Amen. Listen, I was a manager of Coca-Cola for 27 years. I ain't hiring you if you're average. Go sit down. I'm putting you down in a low point. You're going over here calling on, a, on, a, on the crappy customers up there in upstate New York where it snows all the time. <laughs> I'm putting you up there near Buffalo, okay, the south town. You call on Ole Ann Wholesale up in the middle of nowhere. I got to have people with excellence, okay? If Coca-Cola can do things with excellence, why can't we in the kingdom do things with excellence? And then you have this responsibility issue with people of entitlement. It's entitlement spirit. Are you kidding me? I'm entitled. I was talking to Grove City College. Tyler went there. My brother, my, my son-in-law went there. My daughter graduated from Grove City. And uh, I was in there talking to some vice presidents. And I said, tell me about the young people that are coming out of here. Well, well, we get a great education. And they do get a great education there, you know. And uh, they're kind of spiritually, you know, got a little, they're on the edge of just knowing Jesus, right? So they're okay. And uh, what happened was, was that the uh, I went. I said, what ha what's going on with these young people? He says, well, they're going out thinking they're up here. And they go in these organizations. I have a Grove City College degree, right, Tyler? Who I am. <laughs> Look at me. I got a couple cords hanging. I don't know what those cords are for. You know, either hang somebody. I got cords hanging when I graduate. What are, what are those cords for? I don't know. Sometimes a bishop watch with those cords, you know, when you get different degrees and all kind of stuff hanging off you. And I said, what's going on? They said, well, what's happening is that these people are coming back and they're saying, I went in there thinking I was going to do all this ministry and I got shot down and they just basically crucified me and put me down here. And I always tell them, if you're going to go into a company, you better come in with humility and you better come in being teachable and take responsibility. And they were coming in there thinking they're up here. You're not up here. You go to any, you come in here, you're not up here. Well, I was an elder in the Presbyterian church. I should be an elder here. <laughs> Sit down. See, this protocol to move you up to the system to increase your capacity, and every time they're preaching on Thursday and on Sunday and preaching on those, those Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's seed coming into you to build up your honor, to build up you walking in excellence, to build up your responsibility. To be in order. How about order right now? We got most people right now, they're so far out of order, they're not submitted to anybody. An independent spirit. You better not be independent right now. You better get submitted to set man or woman of God, man, because they're going to bring you to your destiny. Listen, the pastors are not going to get you there. The apostles and the prophets, the, the apostles sitting here right now is going to bring you into your destiny. Amen. Because your individual destiny is part of the corporate identity. The corporate of what you're doing corporately, you're, my Focus Life Institute is now going to be coming under you in terms of this college over here. Yeah, it's a piece of the puzzle, okay? Yeah. Keith is a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Joseph Matera, I'm part of US Cal. We're pieces of the puzzle, you know? We're pieces of the puzzle. So God's opened up doors now where there's a puzzle to be able to come in here because we're pieces. I'm in order, I'm in submission, and that submission now will open up doors for me because we want to advance the kingdom. But if you're sitting around here being independent, thinking you do on your own, I need, I pray for strategic relationships all the time. I'm getting hooked up with, with this company that, that services 26,000 ACS high schools. I've got a meeting next Friday. Pray for me. I'm believing God's going to move on this thing for me. They're a resource company. They need career. They need essential skills. They need entrepreneurship, things I have on my, on my website. And I believe God's going to do that. I'm, I'm looking to homeschool. I'm looking for certain things. But I'll tell you what. I've been submitted in places, and now God's going to lift me up. Yes. Right. 
See, the Bible says in Luke that if you're not faithful to another man's vision, why is he going to give you anything? Amen. See, I have been faithful to many men's vision. Now I believe it's my time to bring what I have. See, if you're not faithful to this man or woman of God, why would God trust you with anything? This is the time right now to get undercover. It's the time right now to go into this place. And you look at expectation. There's so much pessimism right now out there with people. Man, the word of the Lord had to come into this house. It's time to celebrate. Celebrate. Come on, Jesus, celebrate. That's an old one, right? right, But I'll tell you what, we got to celebrate, right? We got to come in with, man, if you're walking in in your office, mm, down and and walking in there, man, gloom and, you know, despair. And I hate my job because about 70% of the people do. But let me tell you about my Jesus. He'll take me out of here one day. I think Jesus is going to keep you there until you get it right and you walk in there with an attitude. He's going to keep you there. And this is where I've seen it, Bishop. I've seen people that God put them in a position. And you're not leaving. See, I could have left Coke when that happened to me. I stayed put, and within a year, I was the national sales manager of the year, standing up in front of all my peers of 500 people, praising God through that. But I tell you, there's people right now where God has them in a place right now, and they're trying to get out of that place, and their pension's there, and their retirement might be there, and it might be working for an extra five or six years, but they get mad at somebody, and they walk out the door. Then they're 65 years old, and some lady called me up the other day and says, God told me you're supposed to buy me a car. My car broke. He didn't buy me. I haven't seen this lady in 10 years. There's a voicemail. It's crazy. You're supposed to buy me a new car. If you would have stayed in your job and stayed put where God had you, stayed there, got what you needed to get, got your bonus, got your pension. I waited with Coca-Cola. He told me to get out. I had my pension. I couldn't make any more money. I got my pension. I got my retirement. And so when we had this now project, I was able to walk up and I said, listen, we need a truck. I wrote the check for $25,000. I got us a brand new refrigerated truck. I went over here and put $5,000 over here and got a real nice trailer. Okay. You know why? Because I had the resources because I stayed put and I took it out of my retirement. I don't care if I take a 10, 15%. It's just kingdom money. It's going to come back to me. But man, I, I was the only one writing the checks because I stayed put. I got people right now that leave that, that job. Some of you people need to stay in that job until God releases you. And I'll tell you what, when it's time to get released and get around some of the pastors and elders here or spend some time, you don't need to be dealing with it. He got enough going on. I don't even text by apostle, only if it's for emergencies, because we're on kingdom business. He's on kingdom business. We ain't no coffee shop here, folks. We're kingdom. You think you're going to have coffee with him, take a hike. Maybe during, you know, so if you want to talk to him, he's here tonight. He's here on Sunday. He's walking around here, you know. Grab him when he's here. But don't think that right now what we're trying to do, that we're trying to, you know, okay, Oh, he didn't like me today. Bishop didn't wave at me when I walked by. Hey, hello. And then the last thing is we have this situation of expectation. We want to be versus pessimism. Then we have servanthood. You got to serve your way up. And I tell you what, if I'm going to be a true hero, I got to be a servant. What happens is it's all about self-interest right now. Look at me. Click, click. Hey, I got it. Oh, look at my food I just ate. Who cares? I told a group over here, I said, look at your phone, open up the settings, hit the word battery, and in the battery, it's going to tell you everything, all the percent of time you spent on YouTube and Facebook and everything else. And I pulled mine up, and I was embarrassed. 
My Bible app only had a small percent. <laughs> now, I do my notes on my, my iPad. I'm taking all notes in that. And, I'm, you know, I'm in the Word every day and up in the morning praying, being in spirit, you know, and spending quiet time. But I was shocked that about 14% of my time was on Facebook. <laughs> Get my face in the book, right? But you got to look and see where you spend the time. So think about this. God's raising up sons right now. God's raising up people right now to be able to advance this kingdom. And if we're going to advance this kingdom, then we've got to start walking in these principles of honor and honoring each other. Listen, some of you got some ugly personality styles. We talked about that this week. We had to deal with some issues this week in the group. Because you're dominant, you're stable, secure, and you're a people person, and you're more in, inward, you know. We're dealing with how to deal with people to adapt, blend, and connect with people. And then you got to be doing things with excellence, right? If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do things with excellence. This school is going to be excellent. That's why he told me that the percent of intelligence and the percentile is about 25% higher than the public schools than over here. Why? Because they're doing something out there with excellence. Believe me, I would sacrifice everything I had to get my kids in private school. Both of my kids went to the private school, and my three grandchildren are 12, 10, and 7. They're right now in private school. I would not want to put them in public school right now. Are you crazy? I'd get them into private school where they're hearing about the kingdom of God and this school, right? And some of you need to come into this college every once in a while too right now. This Commonwealth College is raising up strong leaders. I can't wait to see what happens to these two young ladies that came in yesterday. We're already building the plans for them in the last 24 hours, right? I think you're probably working on your plans right now. I got them working on a plan. One's a model and the other one has a cleaning business. I said, there's somebody in here. They said that cleans business cleans. I said, you need to get with that person. You need to give Jim Kilmartin a call and talk to her about cleaning business. I guarantee when she goes back, she's going to have her cleaning business up and running. I believe she's going to be a model. She has communication. You know, she has multiple things she's doing. How can you help them right now while they're over here sewing to them, give them some things with excellence, help them, help them as they come in here acclimate themselves and be able to see them to take, can you imagine sending them back out? Pastor Arthur's probably saying, come on, man, you're going to get something out of this man and woman of God. But do you value? Do you really value? And I didn't even preach what I was supposed to preach tonight. <laughs> And even come close. Because I'm in the hotel room. God says, don't do that. All right. But I'm here to tell you right now that the value and what they're trying to put into you and what they're trying to bring up, sons of God, male and female, true sons as Timothy was. And, you know, sometimes Paul had to get on Timothy. Dude, stir yourself up. There's going to be times when a man and woman of God get on you a little bit. Put your big boy pants on. Let's get on with it. There's a kingdom right now that's being established. And I am so thankful for the years you've sown into me to be able to say, be part of it. And now I believe that I'll be part of this college. I thank God for the opportunity to come down and minister to these ones. Because you know something? This is a passion for me, if you didn't notice. Okay? This is what I'm passionate about. Because I'll tell you what, when you don't find what God's called you to do, the last two years when I was with Coca-Cola, I was crying like a baby coming home because I knew that God called me to get out of that. And I had to get a right foot of fellowship from this man of God to get me moving, to get out of there. And says, if you're not out of there in two years, and I got out in a year and a half, it's never going to happen. And I tell you right now, we're in a situation where you've got to move. You've got to increase your capacity, change your frame of reference, be in a place right now 
that we are moving things forward. You're in a good place. Thank God. But I tell you what, this place ought to be packed. This place ought to be packed of what God's doing. And I'll tell you what, I believe that you're going to be able to see right now. When this college comes and when he starts doing things, I had a prophetic word that my stuff's going to the White House. It's going to change the way we do education. I don't know how God's going to do that. Ain't going to be the guys in there now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, God's going to do something, and you guys are the model. When I look to this man and woman of God, that's why I was so drawn to them, because this is the model. This is one of my super spiritual heroes, these two. I put them up there with a Bill Hammond and people like that at a high level. You don't know what you got. And I'm here to tell you, what's the name of that restaurant again? Sushiana. Somebody needs to get some cards, $100 gift certificates, so every time they want to go out there, what else? We got another, another restaurant or your son's restaurant. Listen, why don't you play? They don't need it, but you need to sew into something because you value what they have put on the table. Stand with me tonight, and I'll let Bishop come up. Father, I just want to thank you for listening to the Rock City Church podcast, and a special thank you to all who generously give to our ministries. We're feeding 40,000 families each month through our food program. We're sheltering women in crisis and have had over 1,200 babies born through our girls' home. And we're able to impact countless lives around the world through generous givers like you. Tap the link in the description below to give online or visit our giving page at rockcitychurch.com. Our prayer room is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you need prayer, call our 24-hour prayer line at 410-882-2689. Like and share this message with your friends and subscribe to get the latest messages. You can also join us in service on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast. God bless you.